Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly. On this episode, I'm joined by Stephen Baird, founder and CEO of TrackFly. Stephen shares his fly fishing journey. We discuss the role of technology in fly fishing, and Stephen shares his vision for TrackFly. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. But before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. It really helps us out. And a shout out to this episode's sponsor. This episode's sponsored by our friends at Norvice. Their motto is, tie better flies faster. And they produce the only vice that truly spins. In early 2023, the Norvice team will be on the road demonstrating the Norvice at fly fishing shows across the country. Next stop is Denver, Colorado. If you're in the Denver area, you owe it to yourself to come out and see the talent and the legend. If you aren't in the Denver area this weekend, head over to www.nor-vice.com today to check out all of Norvice's great products and to see if they'll be coming to a town near you. Now, on to our interview. Well, Stephen, welcome to the Articulate Fly. Hey there, Marvin. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here and to have uh, this conversation with you today. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, too. And we have a tradition on the Articulate Fly. We like to ask all of our guests to share their earliest fishing memory. Oh, man. I mean, for that one, I'm going to have to dig way back into the memory bank. And, uh, you know, as as I was thinking about it, I can actually go all the way back. I think I was probably no more than five years old when, uh, when my dad actually took me with him. We, I was fortunate enough to grow up in southeastern Idaho, just on the banks of the, the South Fork River of the Snake, South Fork Stress of the Snake, that is. Um, and, you know, he used to take me out there. And I remember one time specifically getting out there and just sitting on the rocks for hours, watching him just out there casting. Uh, he was fly fishing at the time. He's fly fishing my whole life. And uh, I remember sitting there drilling a hole at the end of a stick and getting some of his line because I wanted to fish with him so badly. And I guess that was kind of the start of it. I mean, you want to go back to the earliest memory. That's, that's gotta be it for me. Wow. And so you didn't even have to migrate over to the dark side of fly fishing. I I did still have to do that because, uh, and I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll dig into this a little bit more, but uh, he made me earn my, uh, my stripes to get a fly rod. Uh, so that probably means you either started out with a cane pole or probably like a Zebco 33. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So when did you kind of, uh, earn, um, the prize and uh, become a fly fisherman? Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. So to, to your point, you know, he actually started me off. I, I begged him for years. I loved going with him and just watching, um, and, you know, his, the first start was he gave me, and I don't know if this counts as starting in fly fishing, but he gave me a, a little spinner rod and would set up a little nymphing rig with a, with an indicator on the end of it. And I'd stand out there in the middle of the water in nothing but my shorts and shoes and would plunk that in the water, let it drift down for a hundred yards or more and bring it back in. And I started catching so many fish and it was so much fun. But, um, I finally graduated. And when I, when I finally earned my stripe, it actually started probably when I was about 15 years old, 15, 16 years old. And it started by making my own fly rod. And he did that with me. We, we both made one together and you know, the love, just the love and the passion for it just grew then and there getting it, getting that fine machinery put together, going out there and setting up hula hoops in the backyard, practice casting into those hula hoops and the rest was history. So it took me a few years to, to build up to that, but 
Um, it started very early on just watching him and, and being so impressed by the sport. Yeah, that's really awesome. And so obviously your dad was a really important mentor. Who are some other folks that have kind of mentored you on your fly fishing journey? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a pretty long and pretty fun journey. I and mean, the list just goes on and on. You know, if I had to, to call out a couple of people, um, I was fortunate enough when I was at university to actually get to take a fly fishing course. Uh, I was here in Utah in our backyard and I had a professor. His name was Raymond Zabriskie. And, you know, he was just an awesome mentor. Uh, you know, we learned many things in that course from the art of fly tying to probably the most important thing was presentation. Uh, and it was, you know, if you could get the presentation right, uh, you can do just about anything. And so that was a big focus for me. Uh, another mentor that I've always looked up to, especially in later years, um, is Joan Wolf. You know, when I w- when I started to to feel my age growing in my in my back while I was casting, uh, I was I was tuned towards Joan and her casting techniques that became so popular in in today's world. And as I started to implement her techniques, not only did my casting get better, but my back started to feel better while I was fishing too. Especially her story of you know, pinching the dollar bill against her body with her elbow, holding that together in those early fly fishing competitions when she was a kid. You know, she she always has just been a fantastic example and uh, a beautiful representation of the industry. And then, you know, I, I will go back to my dad because when it when it comes down to that mentor, um, you know, things were, weren't always easy growing up in my family. I came from a very large family, lived in, in you know, small town USA up in Idaho. And watching him, you know, whenever things were tough, times were down, uh, we'd get out on the river and I'd just see him light up. And it's a lesson that I've kind of implemented in my own life, which is fly fishing for me just means peace. You know, when, when things are tough, when things are down, when things are good, you can go out on the river, no matter what the circumstance or scenario, how many fish you catch, or if you don't catch any fish, it just means peace for me. And that's, that's probably the biggest lesson that I ever took out of fly fishing. Yeah, I would say, you know, I kind of have a similar relationship with the sport in the sense of, um, you know, you certainly don't have to catch fish. And for me, it's kind of one of those few things that I do that's able to kind of soak up all of that kind of mental energy. Um, and yeah. uh, and I, I don't know. And two, for me, I, I like it because it's um, it's a problem that you can't always solve. Right. So it kind of keeps you coming back. Exactly. You know, I've got an ongoing joke with my wife. Uh, God bless her. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing running a business, starting a business, being an entrepreneur. Oftentimes you you don't get the the ability to step away and, and fill that piece. And she's good enough. She's, she's good to, to point it out for me. She'll say, Hey, Steven, looks like you need to go spend some time on the river. And, uh, and, and I love her for it because it, it truly is just necessary to get out and, and feel nature, feel, feel the peace that comes with the art of fly fishing and, and, you know, every time I do, I feel rejuvenated with stronger conviction to keep going on the path that we're on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the neat thing, too, is you've kind of uh, your current venture is fly fishing related and you're the founder, if folks don't know, of Track Fly. And I was really kind of curious uh, to hear about, you know, why you started the company and what kind of opportunity or need did you see that was not being met? Yeah, you know, it's it's a great question. Um, I've spent the, the better part of my career working in very large technology companies. Um, joining them was as they're growing and 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 really my client base has been some of the world's largest companies. And one of the things that always stood out to me as I worked in those various roles was um, how much technology 
especially when it comes to business-driven technology, is kind of isolated and reserved for the largest companies that can afford it. And most recently, I was working for some of the largest retailers, uh, you know, not just in, our, in, in the nation, but in the world. And it became very apparent to me that, um, you know, data itself, when it comes to making um, retail, supply, supply chain, manufacturing, data is, is so paramount to make good decisions. But even in that in that world, I saw that it was very exclusive, um, primarily because it was very complicated to access. But it was also very expensive, um, which kind of left it just reserved. And I found myself one day, you know, again as a as a uh, you know a, a, a consumer and a you know someone that's passionate about the fly fishing industry. I found myself uh, in a fly shop. Uh, this was you know a couple of years ago. Uh, I found myself talking to that shop owner talking about what the experience was. How do you access these data points? How do you access information to drive your business? And, you know, I kept, I kept hearing over and over again that it's not really something that's available uh, to this industry, but also just to the type of retailers uh, that are in this industry and beyond. And that's when I really kind of saw and just kind of had a, you know, a fire lit in me um, as someone that, that wanted to be heavily involved in the fly fishing industry the best thing that I could figure out and do is to, to provide technology to the fly shops, to the lifeblood of the industry, uh, to the brands that are, are working and collaborating so hard to make sure that anglers have access to the, to the right stuff, the right products, the right gear. Um, you know, I wasn't going to be somebody that, uh, that could necessarily build the best fly rod. Um, but my my ability to offer to the fly fishing, what my ability to offer to the fly fishing was, was technology. And, you know, I've, I've gone through different paths, different journeys, and ultimately landed on something that I believe is it can be incredibly impactful if uh, utilized in the right way. Yeah, very neat. And also, I know this isn't your first entrepreneurial venture, but at some point you took you made the leap. And, you know, I'm always kind of curious about, you know, what that's like to like walk away from a much more stable a work situation to literally, you know, building the car as you're driving down the road. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. It comes, it is a very difficult leap. leap. Uh, it comes with a lot of conversations with, uh, with, you know, my, my loving and supportive wife, you know, I've, I, I, I'm in a unique circumstance where I've got young children as well. And, um, you know, a, a lot of the support came from her. Um, as you mentioned, I've, this isn't my first entrepreneurial journey. Um, I've joined many startups, uh, you know, been a part of their growth, uh, been a part of many acquisitions. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I was sitting down with my wife and kind of trying to navigate where where my next step should be. Um, you know, as a company I was at was was acquired and, and I had the opportunity to move forward. And um, she was the one that actually pointed out, Will, she goes, you know, in between all of your your work talk, you're always trying to find a way to get out on the river and 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 be fly fishing and, and you know be in nature is there something you can do there and that's really what kicked this journey off and you know one of the most important things i think when you are starting a company and looking to make that leap into an entrepreneurial endeavor is who are the people that are surrounding you um it's not a, a solo journey it's it's one that's that's made possible by a great supporting cast and i definitely have that in my wife um, but also in just the team, you know, the people that I've been able to to rub shoulders with, the people that I've been able to bring into into my into my network, into my group, 
uh, you know, yourself being included in this, Marvin, some of the great conversations that we have. And, you know, when you find yourself surrounded by people that uh, that believe in what you're doing, that are excited what you're doing and, and are able to to make that a reality, it makes that leap that much easier. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I imagine you probably got to a place where you probably can't even imagine a, another way to live, right? Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's funny. Different opportunities come and go. Uh, this is this is one. Once you get into this kind of realm, there's no going back. It's just it's the most stressful, beautiful experience you can ever imagine, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like creating the Macintosh every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, one of the interesting things, right, about startups is you're never done. We were talking before we started recording, but I'm kind of curious. Do you remember kind of like an aha moment when you realized you hadn't been crazy to start TrackFly? <laughs> well, I have to I have to have those moments very frequently because, you know, that level of crazy definitely boils up in your mind on a regular basis. Uh, there's one thing that definitely stands out. You know, we had the the opportunity and the privilege to attend uh, last year's 2022's uh, industry summit hosted by AFTA. And, um, you know, AFTA has been a great partner for us. We've, we've loved working with them. And um, as kind of a conduit to that, we've been able to work with many tremendous brands, manufacturers and retailers in the industry. But one thing that stood out to me that was incredibly important when we when I, we were in attendance to that summit last year um, there's just there was such a great need, uh, you know, heard it repeated over and over again that uh, for the industry to move forward into the future, it had to be uh, founded on on solid connection um, in uh, fortifying the relationship between brands and retailers and and bringing more clarity into how to navigate the changing consumer landscape, the the way that behaviors are changing going into the future. And it just became so solidified in my mind that, uh, you know, what we were doing wasn't just uh, a fun, you know, kind of exciting startup. It was absolutely necessary. And one of the things that was so exciting about it being applied to the fly fishing industry is, um, you know, it's obviously it's a special industry in, in, in my heart, in, in something that I'm incredibly passionate about. But I love the opportunity to take the fly fishing industry um, and, and let it set a new standard of how specialty industries um, like fly fishing can work together, can collaborate um, and, and become future proof to not just exist for the years coming, but to thrive and to grow and to let people really experience this industry that I know you and I are so incredibly passionate about. Yeah, it's interesting too. I would imagine that COVID has probably made kind of the aftermath of COVID has made uh, the industry a lot more receptive to what you're offering as well. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. COVID was uh, an absolute roller coaster of an experience for more reasons than just, you know, I still can't believe the world shut down for, for as long as it did. Um, and just the, the impacts that that had on so many societies, people, uh, but also industries of, of, of economy. And, you know, fly fishing was definitely a, a participant in that from at the very beginning, you know, a lot of concern about the demise uh, that this would potentially impact the industry with to all of a sudden it booming and people wanting to get outside and, and do things, uh, you know, participate in sports like fly fishing and just letting the industry boom to then the whipsaw, you know, the whiplash of the supply chain kicked in last year. It's been a, an unprecedented experience in more ways than one. 
Um, and one of the things that's fascinating to me, you know, as a student of, of supply chain economics, even prior to COVID, is, you know, this this is something that's been amassing for, for many years now. And in watching what COVID did um, just became even further proof of the need for retailers, their brands, their suppliers to become connected, to be able to be you know, more on top of the, the swing of consumer behaviors and swing of consumer demands. Um, it's just going to get more turbulent as we go forward. And, you know, when an industry is disconnected and, and maybe making more reactionary decisions, um, it becomes very hard to stay on top of that. So you're absolutely right, Marvin. Um, what COVID did was just, it, it increased the size of the magnifying glass on the need for businesses to be connected together, to be able to so to securely transact information, to increase uh, trading partnerships, to increase relationships, to stay ahead of the curve rather than uh, right alongside of it or potentially behind it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Because, I mean, we had a lot of capacity constraints that people that were kind of in the supply chain and logistics business knew about, but most of us didn't. But I think it's interesting, too, to see how we're having to shift from being efficient to being resilient, because we now see how important Absolutely. that is, right? Um, so yeah, very that, much so. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time, not just in fly fishing, but for like everything, right? Um, and particularly in tech, like in kind of in my world, like I think the, you know, the power, you know, it's like there's a the power of connection and reach digitally is an interesting thing, and trying to figure out how that works with kind of the old analog world um, is kind of one of those puzzles that I try to play with on a pretty pretty frequent basis. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so it's always interesting, too. I love to ask people in startups um, to share kind of their biggest surprise or challenge on the journey so far. Yeah, you know, it's it's been uh, fascinating. I think, we, you know, we've over the last year or more, and this is even beyond fly fishing, I've had the opportunity to really discuss TrackFly uh, probably close to, if not surpassing, a thousand different brands and retailers, uh, again, both in fly fishing and outside of fly fishing. And one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is um, kind of the the challenges that have existed in just operating with status quo. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting, I think, as I've worked with larger enterprise companies, uh, the amounts, uh, the amount of effort that they'll go through, the, the lengths that they'll go to, to make sure that uh, you know, having that resiliency that you discussed is is in place. Um, but it was it was fascinating to me that you know in in more of the specialty rain uh, realm of of, of uh, you know this industry and even other industries, it's just kind of making the making the best out of the scenario that you can get in. And and you know I've got to give so much credit to the fly shops, the retailers, the brands in this industry because yeah, I mean the the amount of success that you've seen. Uh, to, to get through, especially COVID, has just been so phenomenal for me to see. And, and, and you know, maybe not so much a surprise, but just impressive uh, to, to see that resiliency, to see that, uh, that ability to succeed in some of the, you know, hardest, hardest period of time that we've ever experienced as a, as a world. Um, so that's been, that's been one amazing thing to see is just people band together like never before. You know, it's uh, one of the biggest challenges that we see is probably no surprise in and of itself. You know, what we're trying to do is different. Um, it's it's kind of taking maybe a step out of your comfort zone uh, of where you've operated in for, for the majority of your career 
or existence as a retailer and or brand. And, you know, anytime you step out of your comfort zone, there's an element of change there. There's an element of, uh, of you know, maybe a bit of discomfort. And getting over that discomfort is is one of our top priorities at Trackfly. Um, you know, it's creating that that ability to maybe ease into that change, you know, rather than jumping in it with both feet full steam ahead. We want to make sure that there's clear understanding of, you know, not just what can Trackfly do for you, but but what do you need it to do? And one of our very fundamental pillars that we operate on is is flexibility. You know, we're, we're again, we're creating something kind of brand new here um, and excited to apply that to the fly fishing industry. So when we sit down and talk to a retailer, when we talk to a brand in the, in the fly fishing industry, it's, you know, one of the first things we want to talk about is what are your day-to-day challenges? And, you know, when, when you talk about it in that sense, it's a very different positioning because we don't want to tell you how to run your business. We just want to help you be able to run it better. Um, be able to make it easier to make your day-to-day easier so that you can get back to doing the things that you are, you know, you're passionate about. The reason you started your businesses is interacting with anglers, interacting with customers, growing your customer base and getting the right products in people's hands. Yeah. It's not uh, managing inventory on an Excel spreadsheet, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, And so, you know, for folks that aren't familiar, can you give us an overview of TrackFly? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great, uh, uh, great question, and 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 uh, important for people to be able to understand. So, really, what Trackfly is, um, you know, we're a data aggregation service. Um, we work with brands and uh, their their retailer networks to get connected, to be able to exchange information securely, uh, to be able to see what's happening both at the the manufacturing level down to the retailer level to be able to monitor what are inventory trends, what are sales trends, what are consumer behavior trends. Um, And again, you know, this this is nothing new in the world of the supply chain. Uh, This is something that large retailers have been, you know, tapping into for a long time because of their many locations that they exist, that exist in their own, uh, in their own network. Um, And really what we're doing is taking that ability and applying it to specialty industries, to, to the retailers that might have a single location or a couple locations um, that don't have the, the hundreds, if not thousands of locations that an enterprise retailer would have to be able to access different trends outside. Um, but one of the most important things that, that we do is because it's uh, multiple businesses connecting together, it has to be done securely and it has to be done anonymously. And so we, we promote ourselves as the ability to collect data, uh, to report on those trends all, in, all in, the, in the same sentence, preserving the integrity of that data and the integrity of your business. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting, and I think you know the the value proposition for a, a shop or a manufacturer is pretty clear. But you know, how does Trackfly help the average angler have a better experience? Yeah, I mean it's it's really the fundamental question that that everyone should be asking themselves in this industry is how to how to better serve the anglers and the angler experience. And that's one thing that I do feel comfortable in speaking to because really that's where I find myself most in this industry is is a consumer, is the angler. And what it comes down to is I think we can all agree that the best experience for anglers comes when they're able to step into their local fly shop. 
Um, you know, you you as a retailer have personal relationships with likely every customer that walks through your door, and they keep coming back to your store over and over again because of the experience of the customer service that you as as retailers are able to provide. Um, really, our goal is to ensure that every time that retailer comes into into your store, you have in stock the products that they're looking for to be able to get that to them faster and for you to be able to um, to really secure that transaction um, at that point of sale, you know, at that point where that consumer is looking for it. Uh, it's, it's no secret. One of the most frustrating things that consumers experience today is not knowing where to find the products that they're trying to search for, they're trying to find or potentially to go from store to store or website to website to find that. Um, my strong belief is that the best place, again, is in their local retailers. And we want to make sure that you have on your shelves the products that your consumers are looking for or the ability to get it to them as quickly as possible to just continually elevate that experience, that customer service experience that you're already so good at. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things, and we've talked about it a couple times uh, when we've uh, had follow-up calls from Charleston, even while we were in Charleston, is you know what a phenomenal opportunity TrackFly gives manufacturers reps to really become business coaches for their clients. I, I couldn't agree more. It's one of the things that I think is fundamental. You know, we we live in a world where uh, you know th- things are changing. Um, things are ever con- constantly changing. You know, again, COVID uh, and the pandemic kind of accelerated those changes a little bit more. Um, but as things are changing, as a retailer, you need a trusted source that you can be able to rely on to not just, you know, try to, uh, you know, process your order or take your orders that you need it, but to actually coach you, to show you what's happening, not just with the products that that they're able to fulfill for you, but what's happening elsewhere, what's happening with different products and different trends not just how many products you should buy, but also maybe products that, that you should carry less of or not at all. Um, and as you can get into those type of consultative relationships with your reps, your relationship is going to grow. Your trust in each other is going to be able to, to be expanded as well. And your business operations are going to be able to be optimized as well. So, yeah, I think I think that's spot on, Marvin, is, uh, is really empowering uh, you as a retailer, but also your reps uh, to be better partners. Yeah, and it's interesting too, and we've kind of touched a little bit on kind of the downstream consequences of using tech. And, you know, I wouldn't say that tech and fly fishing is controversial, but a lot of people don't like it. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, there's kind of a broader conversation about kind of, you know, curious to get your thoughts on, you know, where technology fits in fly fishing and in the fly fishing industry. You know, it's it really is one of the fundamental questions of, how can an industry like fly fishing um, be able to effectively adopt technology as, as we move into these, this you know, next wave again of consumer behaviors? Um, one, one thing that I always like to say about the fly fishing industry is, you know, technology actually is a huge part of the fly fishing industry. Um, just maybe not in the traditional sense that we all interpret it today being, you know, what you look at on the computer monitor in front of you. Uh, you think about the technology that's applied in, uh, you know, the, the the design and implementation of a, a fantastic fly rod um, or the design and implementation into a reel or a line or the flies themselves. There is technology being adopted in the industry every day to advance your products. 
that you carry to continue to fulfill, again, what your consumers are looking for when they look for the highest quality products for them to buy. TrackFly and, and, and technology, when it comes to that traditional sense that we view it today, is no different. In order to keep up with those consumer demands, it can't just be in implementing new technologies in your product. It also be has to be implementing new technologies in the way that you run your business. Um, I know I know that that is kind of like you said, it's not necessarily the most popular thing in the industry. Um, there's years and years of experience for many fly shop owners, uh, you know, reps, people in the industry. Um, and I don't want to discredit that at all because it is one of the most fundamental and important things in the industry is that, um, you know, innate knowledge that comes with experience. But what technology can provide is insights into what maybe is happening outside of your of your realm, what's happening outside of your store or your brand. Um, and when you, when you can apply that technology and get more connected together, just like implementing a new technology into a fly rod, it's going to enable consumers to have a better experience, better connection to your store, enable you to have a better connection to your supply chain into the products that you you provide to your consumers and allow you to step into that next realm of um, being able to serve your customers, uh, which is ultimately, uh, which is, you know, at the end of the day, the end goal that we all have. Yeah. And kind of a follow-up because it seems I've, it's kind of funny because I've, I guess probably in the last six months have like run across a lot of tech companies and fly fishing. Um, and they're kind of two, I guess, issues that I see, that create a lot of tension. And one is like whether the customer is the product uh, and the other mm -hmm. is data privacy. And you touched on data privacy a little bit earlier, but I was kind of curious to uh, get your thoughts on, you know, how that should work and also, you know, how those issues affect the way you develop your software. Yeah. You know, it is, it's fundamental to, to how we operate as a business. And there's, there's really two reasons to that, you know, that, that statement that you just said is your customer, your product. Um, I think most companies, that's absolutely the case. And, you know, it's not so much that you're trying to sell, and maybe there are companies out there that are doing this, sell that product of, of your customers. I view it a little bit differently in that um, it's it's serving, it's, it's making sure that your customers are accessing the right amount of information. And, you know, one of the things that becomes very interesting in, in TrackFly's perspective as we are designing the platform, as we're implementing new technologies, new new features, new capabilities, the first question that we always ask ourselves is, first of all, does this serve our customers? Does it help them with their business? And second is, is it ethically right? Is it a good thing to do that that helps our customers versus hurt them? And, um, you know, it's an interesting question along the lines of data privacy data privacy is circling everywhere around us right now. Uh, you know, some, many of you may be familiar with, some of you may have not have heard of all the data privacy laws and regulations that were enforced in, in uh, the European Union, as well as within California and other states have implemented them recently as well. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of two, two schools of thoughts with those. But at the end of the day, one thing that's happened as a result of those is everyone is keenly aware now of what's happening with my personal data. Um, I had the privilege of working at a company that was very data heavy, uh, uh, data, pro uh, data 
um, service company when the GDPR, which was the European Union's data privacy law, was enforced several years ago. And I think there's there was one thing that I'd like to draw out of that. Uh, there's two types of companies when it comes to data. Uh, there's data processors and there's data controllers. And essentially, to, to give a little bit of definition on that, when you're a data controller, that means that the data that you bring into your system, you can really do whatever you want with. And, and that's kind of an interesting position to be in. Um, it's also not the best position as a company because it creates a lot of concern around that. The other one is a data processor. That's essentially saying that data is being used in your service, but it's always owned by the people that provide it to you, the companies that provide it to you. Trackfly is a data processor. Um, and what that essentially means is any data, if you're a retailer or a brand that comes into Trackfly system is always under the ownership of you as a business entity. And what that enables you to do, again, as, as the track as the platform is being developed and pushed out, it means that you are in control of who accesses your specific data, um, who you connect to through different means of wanting to connect to potentially a brand or another retailer. All of that remains under the control of you as an entity. And any data that's ever shared beyond that realm is never going to be specific to your information. Um, it's it's very important for us to always maintain the integrity of, of your privacy, your anonymity, and ultimately to keep you in control of that. And that's something that's just enforceable by us as, as the type of company that we look to be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, again, sorry, I, that's kind of a long rant there. Uh, as you can tell, Marvin, this is something I'm incredibly passionate about uh, because this is it's fundamental to making sure that we don't fall into the same category of companies that are maybe using data in, in a way that causes concern, that causes that angst. Um, we want you as a, as a customer, as a retailer, as a brand to always feel like the data is serving you, not taking away from your business. And I think, too, to put a finer point on it, you know, kind of to contrast with, say, Facebook, right, who is not a data mm -hmm. processor, they're a data controller. And so, you know, what they're doing is they're collecting data about you and they're kind of selling it however they want to and they never really tell you. Right. Um, and exactly it, right. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the thing that's really, I think, started to come forward. Um, and I think the interesting thing from a development perspective is, you know, you have to make those decisions very, very early on in your production cycle, because otherwise you get these monetization traps embedded in your product that you don't really want because they're not consistent with your values. You're absolutely right, Marvin. And that's that's one of the things that was most important to us very early on. You know, we we understand the nature of, of the, the platform and the business that we're developing. And that's why it was so critical to establish those values in the beginning to say that, yeah, we're, we're not going to be a data controller. You know, we're not going to, to do things with our customers' data that would, uh, you know, comprise our ethics, but to always put our customers um, first. Again, when anything's developed, it's always asking ourselves, is there any potential way that this damages or puts at risk the integrity of our customers' data? And if the answer is ever no to that, that is a fundamental core uh, core value of, of TrackFly to make sure that that is not implemented. Yeah, and it's interesting too, right? Because I've tried to, um, you know, to see the impact of uh, the GDPR regulations. I've tried uh, advertising for, for the podcast and some other things that I do on Facebook, and it's basically impossible to target ads in Europe. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty stark difference between, you know, if anyone out there who has done any kind of advertising uh, targeting uh, with Facebook in the United States, it's, it's actually kind of shocking the level of data uh, granularity that you can get in terms of how you target your advertising. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think it's amazing. Like you think about a trade show and you literally can geofence the trade show and serve Facebook ads to everybody that walks through the venue multiple times, right? It's pretty yeah. crazy. So it's an interesting thing. It's, you know, it's Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say it is, it's a very interesting thing. And, and, you know, again, I'm, this may be an unpopular opinion, um, but uh, you know, I think, I think what a lot of these privacy laws has in, has really enforced is, is acknowledgement and, and awareness of, you know, how data is flowing out there kind of in a free for all. Um, and I hope that we can do things differently. I hope that we can create a new standard, which is data is, is absolutely critical to operating a, a, a operating a business, growing and scaling a business and reaching your customers. I will never, never, you know, speak against that obviously with, with what TrackFly is trying to produce. Um, however, there are right ways and wrong ways that data can be collected, shared, and and produced out there into the world. And I hope that TrackFly falls into you know the category that is doing it the right way, um, that is transparent, that that's available to you as your business, that benefits you, um, and not and doesn't just take data and share it with people without your knowledge. Um, transparency is absolutely key when it comes to data processing. And and I hope to, that TrackFly can set a new standard um, with the way that that is handled across various economies, not just fly fishing. Yeah, and I would say you sort of see, like I think a lot of um, some of the niche things that you see in social media and things like the makers movement are actually kind of an analog pushback against this, mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess, digital noise, right? Um, where, you know, things are built to hack your attention and to collect data about how you behave. And, you know, also too, on the point about transparency, I think it's incredibly important for consumers to know the value of the data they're giving away. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I think we've geeked out enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. This is, this is something that I can speak on for a long time. Anyone that wants to continue to nerd out with me, you know where to find me. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and I had a great, I had a similarly great conversation with Zach at um, uh, tr- at uh, Trout Routes, and um, it, it's the exact same thing. And he, he, we talked about the early development decisions that uh, he had to make because people were like, "Well, why don't you monetize it this way or that way?" And he's like, "We're just not going to do it that way, right?" And there's literally, you know, nothing on that device that comes back to Trout Routes that they could even attempt to monetize. Um, other than charging your credit card uh, for the subscription, um, so I think it's an interesting issue. Uh, you know, I think, I it, it. yeah, I, it's a it's a hot button issue for me because um, I don't like being the product, and I really like to see companies like TrackFly and Trout Routes that are taking a um, at least what I think is a little bit more um, disciplined and honest approach to uh, handling people's information. And um, you know, it's interesting. The fly fishing industry is really, really, really small. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, Stephen, to hear about your long-term vision for, um, kind of track flying as diaspora. Yeah. You know, obviously we, we have ambitions. We want to grow as a company. Uh, we want to see success, um, in, in not just monetary terms, you know, we want to see this model adopted elsewhere. Uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. I mentioned earlier, the, the industry summit last fall, 
And in several conversations I had with individuals, you know, there was there was kind of the sentiment of feeling like the fly fishing fly fishing industry is uh, maybe a little behind when it comes to these type of data processing and, and accessing industry information. And one of the things that I would love to see happen um, that actually is, you know, very something I'm very passionate about is by implementing a system like TrackFly that letting the fly fishing industry leapfrog, leapfrog these other verticals and set a new standard of the way that data can be collected, aggregated, and shared in ways that empower independent and small retail all the way up to, to larger manufacturers and larger retailers. And, you know, absolutely what I hope to have happen is uh, to be able to expand into additional spaces. Um, obviously, I'm incredibly passionate about the outdoors, uh, outdoor space in general. I think there's a lot of things that can be applied uh, when it comes, you know, beyond just the the economic uh, footprint of, of products and, and, you know, in the in the retail space. There's a lot that can be tracked when it comes to, um, you know, environmental impact and, and, and consumer movement and, and trends that are happening there that I think uh, fly fishing kind of paints the perfect picture to be able to help other industries adopt similar practices. Um, and so definitely where I hope, you know, the long-term vision of track life uh, continues to progress towards is to be able to take these practices, um, let fly fishing become that gold standard of how specialty industries can and should operate and, and let, uh, let those industries tap on the shoulder of, of many of the brands, retailers, and, and associations like AFTA to be able to say, hey, how did you do this? How did you accomplish this? What did it mean for you? Um, and ultimately for TrackFly to be that supporting cast member, to be able to enable industries to continue to grow, thrive, uh, and do it the right way. Uh, that helps the economy, but also can also you know can provide impact to the environment uh, when it comes to the movement of products. Yeah, very very neat. And I know you've uh, you've added some folks to your team, and you've got a lot of momentum because we were on the after call earlier today. And you know, do you have any kind of upcoming product updates you want to share with our listeners? Absolutely, we've actually got a number of very exciting things coming here over the coming months. Um, and anyone that, you know, have, have had conversations with me or have been on any of, uh, you know, the AFTA calls or, or, or direct calls knows that we've been in a very specific phase right now with TrackFly, which is data collection, uh, which comes through integrating with, connecting with uh, retailers, connecting with brands. And we've seen some tremendous momentum with that to be able to be confident to now move into phase two or the next phase of our business, which is actually getting that information back to you. So a couple of things that will be released here in the coming months, you know, first and foremost, uh, as AFTA announced on their call this morning, we're actually going to be producing the very first, uh, we believe to be enhanced kind of, uh, you know, upgraded industry report that AFTA has always been able to produce in the, in the years past. Uh, we we're anticipating doing that on a higher frequency to get that high level trend information out to everybody that participates in the industry. So that's one thing we're very excited about. On more of the engineering and platform side, we actually are developing right now the first iterations of what we're calling the retailer and brand dashboards, where you'll be able to access specific analytics and insights uh, into your own business, your own products, your own inventory, but then start to see the, uh, the comparative side, you know, industry benchmarkings and how that aligns to your operations. All of that's going to start to come to life in this version of the dashboard. So we're really excited about that. You know, we're meeting with retailers and brands 
on a regular basis to get solid feedback. We're not developing it in a black box or in a vacuum. Again, this is this is meant to serve you. And so we want to hear from you and anybody that would love to be a part of that or would like to contribute to some of those uh, early stage development exercises, I encourage you to reach out to us. Um, we want to operate on behalf of you and for you and create something truly meaningful for, for you and for the industry. Yeah, very, very neat. And we'll get your contact information and all that kind of good stuff towards the end. But I would imagine, too, that uh, retailers and manufacturers are going to have an opportunity to meet with you during the 2023 show season. Where can folks find you? Absolutely. So we're going to be doing our best to get around to as many of the shows this year as possible. Um, so look for us. I mean, of the upcoming ones, we will be at the Denver show um, here in a couple of weeks. Um, so definitely look for us there. You know, one of the things that uh, that my team will be doing, uh, we know that a lot of you are going to be busy during those shows. So we'll be on the floor walking around. If you have an opportunity to spot someone from my team, uh, please ask us a question. Uh, you know, we're looking at other shows as well. Um, and so you might just spot us at each at any of those. Look for the TrackFly logo on our T-shirts and pull us aside if you have any questions. Uh, very, very neat. And Stephen, is there anything I've left out that you want to share with our listeners this evening? You know, really the, the, the closing remark that I'd love to say, Marvin, is it's just an honor uh, to be able to work with so many fantastic people. Um, the fly fishing industry is, is just so special. Um, it's, it's comprised of, of just good, uh, wholehearted people. Um, and one of the things that I just I love the opportunity to do uh, is, is meet with people each and every day that I've looked up to my whole life, you know, to meet with people that are either on the brand side or the retailer side. Um, you know, we talked a little bit of earlier, Marvin, about the entrepreneurial leap. I recognize that each and every one of you in this industry have done the same thing at some point. You know, it's not easy to to open a specialty retail store. It's not easy to develop a new product or a new brand and try to launch that. Um, but you've all done it because you're passionate about what this industry represents and what it means. And I, I salute each and every one of you for that. And again, it's just an honor for me to be able to support you as a technology company to assist you in moving forward uh, into the next phase of, of, of commerce, of consumer behaviors, and to help you again, not just exist for the coming years, but to truly thrive. Yeah, that's really neat. And so what's the best way for, I guess, folks to, you know, find out more about you, get in touch with you and follow all of your tech adventures on social media? So yeah, anyone that wants to get a hold of us, we are producing content on Instagram at TrackFlyFish, uh, as well as TrackFly Inc. are two different accounts, but they're both associated with TrackFly, or, or on Facebook uh, on the TrackFly page. You can find us on each and uh, each of those platforms. You can also get in touch with us by going directly to our website, www.trackfly.com. Uh, find more information on AFTA's website, AFTA.org, on the TrackFly partnership page. Or you can contact me directly. Uh, my email address is Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at trackfly.com. And that, and I'll drop all that stuff in the show notes, folks, so you can go to the player, go to the website, wherever you listen to the podcast, and you'll find all those links there. And, you know, Stephen, looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks in Denver and really appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to chat with me. Thank you, Marvin. It's been an extreme pleasure for me. Well, listen, have a great evening. See you soon. You as well. Take care. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. 
And don't forget to head over to www.nor-vice.com today to check out all of Norvice's great products and to see if they'll be coming to a town near you. Tight lines, everybody.